it, it's a total mind shift and change. You know, when you know that one of your advisors is trying to move out of the mom's basement, there you go. <laughs> when you know another one of your advisors ultimately wants to be a service manager, what do you do when you do that? When you have an advisor on your job, I, I personally, I would embrace the shit out of it. I would, I'm like, you, would. Like, you want my job? Yes. Here we go. Okay. Let me, let me, let's write that out. Let's define what that's going to look like for you to get to where I am right now. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at Closer'sCoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me another episode of Coffee with Jason. Today, I have my guest, Kieran Stack, all the way from Australia. Thank you so much for taking the time to come jam with me today, Kieran. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, Jason. We've hey, been for, to this for a while. Yeah, I know. We've been trying to schedule this. So this is, I'm really happy that we're able to do this. And there's so many similarities as far as the operations in Australia and the operations here. I just... It's so it's so nice to finally connect. I've done a couple podcasts actually with a couple of Aussies, so it's actually nice to do. But you're actually not Aussie, so that's actually even you're you're originally actually. Let's do that. We'll start there. Let's let's start with kind of that two minute origin story that is Kieran, and then we'll just go right into what we want to talk about today. <laughs> no worries, no worries at all. So yeah, by my accent, you'll probably figure out I'm not Australian. I'm from the other side of the world, <laughs> I'm from a little country called Ireland. I grew up in Ireland and I made my way to Australia about six and a half years ago. Uh, prior to that, I've, I graduated from Cork Institute of Technology with a degree in automotive engineering, moved into working with BMW in Ireland and also Nissan, and met my lovely wife about 10 years ago. She's Australian. She brought me back over here about six and a half years ago. And in that time, I've done a few different roles in after sales predominantly in the automotive industry. Uh, anywhere from parts to service to fix-ups and now I'm based at BMW Australia as a trainer so yeah training and after sales loving what I do get to inspire people every single day and I love what I do so, yeah. yeah but after sales I there's just such a big part of my heart in the after sales you know it's from a marketing because where I run a marketing agency we focus so much time on the acquisition of a customer and unfortunately just our industry doesn't doesn't spend enough time maintaining the relationship after the acquisition and there's just such a substantial amount of value in that but it 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 comes down into our training we just simply don't train on that we don't create processes that yield us the opportunity to create relationships and we had an opportunity to talk a little bit about this before we started so i think that's a great place for us to start what are your thoughts and opinions on that I've always been told that after sales sell the second car and the third one. Like once sales sell the original vehicle, it's up to service and the service advisors to sell the next car and to build enough value in the dealership to make sure that customer goes nowhere else for the next car. Mm-hmm. And they'll come straight to the service advisor saying, what do you recommend? What's, what's good out there right now? What do, you, what do you recommend? And yeah, and refer to another salesperson or, or whatever it is. It's the responsibility of the service advisor to sell the next car. 100%. And in terms of training, again, in after sales, we've been doing the same thing over and over and over, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, <laughs> for the last 20, 30 years, let's be honest, at least. 
And I, I saw a post on, on LinkedIn the other day. It was like we it was a it was a video of Steve Jobs in 1984 with a floppy disk, putting it into his Macintosh computer, releasing the new Macintosh back in 1984. And at the bottom of the post it said, and we're still using technology from 1859, which is the internal combustion engine, in our motor cars in 2019. Yep. And hashtag was innovate. And for me, innovating is what we should be constantly doing, aspiring to be better tomorrow than we are today in everything we do, processes, systems, people, and not just staying the same. And that really frustrates me when people haven't gotten, have not got a desire to perform better tomorrow than they do today. And well, let's, let's go a little farther into that. You know, the, the innovation of our people. Mm. Well, I mean, look, as far as the dealership goes, you know, it, we, we do this amazing job of merchandising our assets, you know, for consumers to consume. You know, we, we'll, we'll take videos of our cars. We will shoot 30, 40, 50 pictures of the vehicle mm. that someone could potentially buy. But one of the things that make us so unique, all right, the asset that we have that makes us so unique, we spend almost no time actually merchandising. And those are our individuals, our people. The people that work for us, you know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, your transaction in the front of the dealership is going to happen one time, right? And then the next X amount of transactions, actually, I'm curious, I don't know if you know the sad or not, but I'm just curious for, for BMW and where you guys are, what is the average amount of transactions that happen after sales for consumers? In terms of frequency, frequency to after sales? Yeah. yeah. I don't have the exact stats on that, but... Again, we, we have got service inclusive packages yep. whereby a, a customer has to come back to the dealership for X amount of years, be it three, five, ten years. And it's an annual service. So for, let's say it's a five year. If, so for five years, at, at a bare bones minimum, there's going to be five more transactions that are going five to happen. Five more business, yeah. Right. It, it, at minimum, if there's not something else, if... You know, if you're not, you know, selling tires or something, something that's wearable, there's still going to be a bare bones memo of, of five more opportunities to interact with this person. Right? And that's why I think we have to look at it. It's opportunities, right? I, I think our industry right now is not looking at them as five more opportunities. What we're looking at is five more transactions that are required and have to be done. Yeah, agreed. So how do we, how do we fundamentally change that thought from looking at a, looking or perceiving it as a transaction and thinking of it more as an opportunity? It all goes back to mindset and how you how you focus on it. Oh no, Mr. X is coming in again, as opposed to oh awesome, he's here again. Great to see you, Mr. X, whatever it is. And I've been speaking recently about empathy and what empathy actually is and, mm -hmm. and again rapport building and connecting with customers. And and Chris Collins, who I admire a lot, talks about rapport building and connecting with the customers all the time. And it's a massive factor and a massive opportunity for people to go deeper with their customers and to remember somebody from two or three years ago that you served and I stress the word serve because that's our responsibility to serve customers not just to process them not just to call them customers but what I call them guests it can be a very very strong word guest if you don't treat them like guests in the home or treat them like a family <laughs> or like a member of your family there's no point in calling them guests don't call that's them guests true. if they're just a customer and it's just an alternative word make sure they're actually treated like guests you remember their name, you remember their favorite coffee, you remember their color of the car, remember their kids' names. Like, If you've got a good memory for this kind of stuff, by all means, store it in there. But if you don't, store it in your computer. There's a massive opportunity there to store that. You see, oh, Mr. Harris is coming back in again. Oh, he's got two kids, he's got a dog, he's got, a, he's got four cars, he likes the snow, whatever it is. 
you put that in your computer to remember it. And Mr. Harris doesn't know that you've forgotten that. But if it's in the computer and you look at it very, very quickly and go, okay, so he's coming in tomorrow. His registration is one, two, three, four, five, six. Pop it in the computer. You go, oh, Jason, I remember him from last time. He's the guy who needed tires. He's the guy. But no, no, it's, it's, it, we have to develop a process. If we want to create a relationship all right, with a customer, and that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about creating a, a relationship. Look, yeah. relationships just don't happen. Like, it's not an organic thing. You just don't organically create a relationship with someone. You intentionally create a relationship. 100%. Our customers don't come to us for relationships. Our customers come to us to solve a problem. And it's the but relationship you build in that time. It's but crucial. they want to solve that problem with someone that they can trust. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I, again, I think the customer again. does want a relationship. They do want to create a relationship with that person because they want to be able to trust that person. If they're going to come in and my, my car is making this weird noise or it's, it's having this vibration, right? Yeah. They want to bring it to someone that they feel like they can trust that that person is going to not only just diagnose the, the problem, but yeah. also fix it in a way that's going to be most beneficial for me. I agree with that. I, I, I see way too many that. dealerships out there just replacing stuff. Like, I don't, I, I'm <laughs> seriously, they just replace it. I understand. Right? I hear you. Like we don't actually fix. There's a lot of dealerships out there under this mentality anymore where they don't actually fix things. They just replace things, right? Um, I hate that, but uh, you know, it's you can see it sometimes in their dollars per work order. It's just like, are we actually diagnosing things? Are we actually fixing problems? Or are we just constantly replacing no, stuff? It's, uh, it's touch and feel sometimes, but <laughs> no. Again, not not no, not not in our network, not in our brand. We're we're, we're pretty competent in that regard. Yep. But, you know, let's talk about a process of creating a relationship. I was uh, doing a podcast um, last week with another gentleman, and he was telling me the story about how he was at a restaurant, and he ordered a specific drink, okay? And um, a little later, you know, obviously the drink went dry. He needed another one of those drinks, and he just grabbed someone walking by and said, I need another drink. And that person was able to tell, oh, yeah, you're drinking this and this and this with rye. He kind of looks at me and goes, yeah, that's exactly what I was drinking. But wait a second, you're not my, you're not my waiter. But that, that didn't quite make sense to him, right? So, of course, and he had to pry and you know, try to figure out like how, what happened there. So yeah. as a part of that process at this particular uh, uh, bar was that when the waiter actually took the drink, no, the waiter actually um, notifies um, the bartender and the other wait staff that's working in that space that this is how this person takes their drink. Clever. I was like, wow. You know, yeah, so that no clever. matter what... No matter who he grabbed, right, mm-hmm. that person was going to know his drink. Now, talk about a process that had to be created and defined and like put through probably multiple variations of what the hell that actually looked like, right, to the point where they were able to execute that for many, many people on a super busy night. And in for that experience, because that's what it was, it created an experience for him. How did that make you feel? It made that per, it made him feel amazing, right? So as a dealership, we have the technology, we have the ability to do this exact same thing. You know, like is it? I, I think it's crazy that for a lot of dealerships, our coffee machines are these self serve machines that are kind of over there, right? Would it be crazy to, you know, put in the notes how the customer takes their coffee? Five seconds to do it. It puts notes in there, right? You know, it, I just, um, but it's a process. It's a process. You have to create that process. Indeed, indeed. And, but it's got, it's got to be customer-centric. It's, it hasn't got to be about the dealership. It's got to be about the customer, serving the customer, making sure the customer 
is looked after and make sure ultimately that they return. They had experiences so good that they tell someone else, wow, Jason was sensational today. He looked after me, he remembered my coffee, he remembered my car, he remembered my kids' names, he remembered that I had a dog, like all these small one percenters that add up to something extremely special. And I heard a quote on empathy during the week and empathy is caring about what the people you care about care about. And this blew me away. And empathy can be, can be put into something that's so simple. And when you genuinely care about what you do and you love and you're, you're passionate about your role, and the difference that you're making in people's lives and the difference you're making in the dealership. And like to just care about what what Jason cares about. And that's what it's about. <laughs> it's, it's not well, that like, hard. It's not that hard, but then no, but nobody executes on it. So and, and I feel like look, if there's not a defined process for it, then there's it's never gonna be done. Look, you could go train a dealership till you're blue in the face to be empathetic yeah. with their with their customers. Um, it will happen for a few weeks after you've left and done the training. But if there's not a defined process in place, then it just can just goes out the door. Right. But there has to be a defined process. And when we say process, like let's break that down. What does it actually mean? Right. It has to be written and there has to be measurable efforts to the process Mm -hmm. because otherwise we won't at the end as well. And there has to be a golden objective. Like why the hell are we actually doing this? You know, I don't think the dealerships necessarily see the value yet in putting together a process like this and taking the effort. And it is, it's time. It does take time. Look, I'm not going to lie. You know, I know to a service advisor, an additional five minute process is literally like a death sentence. You know, like, are you oh, kidding me? Yeah. You want me to spend five <laughs> more freaking minutes doing something? <laughs> but the value, the value in it at the end of the day, it might not happen. It might not, it might not happen straight away, but the ROI in it within the 12 months of that customer coming back again the following year and they, they're remembered and they're cared for and the customer understands what the process is as opposed to some dealerships just winging it and literally making it up as they go along and everything is reactive, reactive, reactive. Yeah. Processes, once they're formed and they're, they're in stone and everyone follows them, it's, it's, not, it's not regimental. It just it flows and it's pure. And in dealerships, when it works really, really well, it's awesome to see. It just runs like clockwork. And you're like, wow, how do you guys make this happen? You do 100 cars a day and you still make significant profit. Customers are happy. The, the CSI, NPS, VOC, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you're, you're top ranking and everyone's happy. Customers are happy. Staff are happy. Yeah, you get, you get engagement. You get, you get retention. And it's just awesome. And that's bliss. That's the ultimate. You know, not churning staff burning them out, doing excessive hours, just because you haven't got processes in place to yeah, to make things easier and make things right. I have a theory why I think uh, these processes are not created. Okay. Um, and I think what it is for a lot of dealerships is that they've never defined what their why is. Okay. Look, they all know what they do. Okay. They, they, they move metal and they service cars and sell parts. Hey, see, there you go. That's a phenomenal <laughs> book, by the way. Um, I, I've never, I, I haven't read it, but I listened to it. I don't actually, I'll be honest with you. I don't read books. I only listen to Same. books. Same. But when I'm on the road as much as I am, that's the only option I got. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that is a good book. What I was, uh, what I was saying is, is that because we've never defined what our why is, then giving the how we do business a direction is just literally now, like th- there's no opportunity there, right? Correct. Once you know, we all know what we do, we all know how we do it. Now we have to define why we do it, the way we do it, so that we can give the how we do it a direction. I agree. 
and and that and that's when people that's when things just start to change Mm -hmm. and you know uh building out that process now there's value there's a reason behind it you know there's a goal and objective the goal and objective is because you know um we want to service the vehicle this way because we want the consumer to feel like this we want the consumer to have an experience we want the consumer to trust us we want the consumer to walk away feeling like it was a good transaction they feel good about it you know what brought my car in they serviced it that the value to money i had to spend was appropriate and i'm walking away going yeah i got my money's worth you know but we just don't we don't take the time we don't take the time to do it now i i do know a few dealerships that have done this and i'm curious because you you have the opportunity to be in a lot of dealerships now you don't have to necessarily share the name that's okay but um you know what is it like when you've been in a dealership that has gone through the level of defining what their why is and have to find out the processes that supports their why? Do you have any examples of that? It's a, it's a very good question. And when you talk about why in that book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, is, it's a leadership book. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all about leadership. And leadership starts at the top and works its way down and also accepts feedback from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And when you've got guys in the front line, day in, day out, serving customers, and I stress that, serving customers, because that's, that's the word I like to use, serving customers, and they're frustrated with the, the level of organization from the top down, and the level of communication, and the level of expectation, and what's set out and what's not set out. And that's why we get so much churn in the in the industry, in my opinion, is the lack of direction, lack of leadership, lack of why, lack of purpose mm-hmm. from the top down. And I asked this question, I've, I've always asked this question in terms of communication. How is X, Y, or Z, how is this message communicated to you? And they say, oh, yeah, I get an email every single day from a manager. <laughs> me? We don't email our customers. We, we serve our customers face-to-face. We communicate with them face-to-face. We build value in our product and services face-to-face. We build rapport face-to-face more often than not. And the lacking in communication face-to-face from our managers or leadership to our staff is lacking. Mm-hmm. And especially with the younger generation, um, and I'm, I'm 34, there's a certain leadership that I, that I chase and desire. Again, that's my value system as opposed to everyone else. It might be a little bit different. But... I believe our younger generation are ch- are chasing affirmation, chasing direction, and if 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 that's missing, if that's lacking, it's go- there's going to be knock-on effects long term. So, in terms of daily meetings, weekly meetings, goal setting, affirmation, feedback, reviews, are you happy? What's going well? What's not going well? What can we improve? What can we innovate? I mentioned that at the start of the conversation, that we constantly need to be innovating, not just staying the same. And the demographic of our service advisors in Australia is getting younger and younger. The 40-something is pretty rare now. However, the 40-something is the guy who has been at it for a while, is established, makes good money, has a collection of customers who only come to him because they trust him. and Create those relationships. Yeah, they have relationships with him. And yeah, they're, they're, they're falling away, unfortunately. And however, they're the ones who are going to be our future service managers. And I just hope that 
they're constantly developing developing themselves to be the future managers. Reading books like Start With Why by Simon Sinek, reading Emotional Intelligence, reading Influence, reading, again, I've got all my favorite books here because I do them as part of my course, uh, which I'll be delivering in about an hour and a half. Nice. <laughs> right nice. and early here, and it's 7 a.m. here in Australia. I'm at work bright and early, but you can see the sunrise happening behind me. Yeah, have you had your coffee yet? Have you had enough? I'm not a coffee drinker, man. I'm not a coffee mm. drinker. You're up this yeah. early and you're not a coffee drinker, man. <laughs> I've got four kids, man. I already slept last night. Okay, there you go. That's true. I got three. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. However, talk about serving. We, we serve them. We've got a purpose. I get up every morning to make sure that there's food on the table by the end of, end of today to, to, serve my, to serve my family and feed my family. And because that's the leader that you're called to be, right? And and I get where you're going with this. I, I feel I feel what you're putting down. You know, yeah. um, look, if we want to create this positive change, if, if change, if we want to go from a, a culture of transaction and move into a culture of relationship, all right. The service manager. This is who we're talking to right now. Okay, all right. You are the leader. Of, yeah. this, of this team, of this this family, this community of advisors and technicians and so on and so forth. And and it needs to come from the top down. And it's your commitment to um, not only creating relationships with your uh, customers um, or your clients or whatever word you want to use for it, but also your commitment to creating and developing out the relationships professionally with your technicians and your advisors. I have this, I got a great example I had this one service manager um, who it's, it's a, it's a busy service department and we're talking busy, busy, busy. All right. But he does a video on his way into the dealership every single morning. Okay. And by the time he's done, by the time he gets there, he's got a very short commute. So it's not an overly long video. All right. Uh, but he has he created a little WhatsApp group. All right. Has all the technicians, all the advisors, all of the um, shuttle drivers, anybody to do, interns, tire guys, whatever it is, everybody, the entire team. And second he walks in, bam, everyone gets the video. So by the time he's already there, everyone's got everyone's got that video for the message day. Message for today. Yeah, and it's the message that, of the that's day. In, that, that's something different. That's awesome. I like that. It's a hack. I mean, look, he's not he's not having one of two things. And there are many things he could have been doing on the way in, right? He could have been listening to the radio listening to a podcast, but instead he decided to use that time. Um, now, of course, I help him figure out how to mount a camera properly to his car, yeah. so he's holding on to it and stuff like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> got to know how to shoot a video in a car. Uh, I think I've done a few of them. Um, yeah. But <laughs> you can watch a few of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm um, inspired by a few of them, so it's great. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It's really nice to hear. Um, but, yeah, by the time he's there, it, it's no additional time. He hasn't, he just found an opportunity, all right, that would have been wasted listening to, you know, Sportsnet T or Sportsnet radio or something like that. Instead, he took five to seven minutes and just created this opportunity to just let their team know, let his team know, um, you know, what's the temperature. He actually does a lot of weather analogies, so he loves doing that. He just, you know, just this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. Hey, we had this great day. You guys see Melissa today. I got a, I got a review last night. Melissa was mentioned. Do it. Melissa, you're crushing it. Keep doing what you're doing. And then, of course, everybody gets to see that. So now everyone gets to go pat Melissa on the back for doing a great job. Yeah. You know, like. It, 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 we're not talking it, it multiplies his time because he, if he was to say that face to face to his techs, his, his detailers, his advisors, his parts guys, like it would take him 
an hour to two hours of his day. Easily. He's, yeah, he's really reduced that amount of time. However, and I, I've been saying this recently because someone said it to me, you don't know what you don't know. And for you to come mm-hmm. along and say, how about this? He go, oh, no, no, I've never done that before because he's always done it one way. How about we paradigm shift to go, hang on, that's an opportunity. That half an hour commute, I could actually record that video, inspire my staff, give them feedback, even send a direct video to Jason. That's how we communicated originally. Yeah, you said exactly. Message, which is sensational. And to get that was like, oh, wow, I feel special now. You know, I feel unique and, and cared for. And we spoke about empathy earlier on, and that's that's part of it. And however, it, it's taken him to reach out to you or, or vice versa to go, you know what, there is a better way. How about this? How about this? How about this? And changing the way we do things every single day become better tomorrow than we are today. And again, I've been worst manager ever. And I've, <laughs> I was absolutely like, what are you doing, Kieran? Like when, when you're in your 20s, you think you made it. And you, you think you know everything because someone's promoted you to being a parts manager, a service manager, a fixed ops manager. Great, I've made it. I now have enough level of understanding in this industry. I know it all. I've made it. And if you've got that mentality of that, I don't need to learn anymore, you're dead. You're gone. And the day you stop learning is the day you, you die. Oh, for sure. for sure. For sure. I come from a family of teachers. My dad was a teacher. My mom's a teacher. Three of my siblings are teachers. And I love cars. And... They said, when did you become a teacher? It's great holidays. And I was like, uh, no, I love cars. I'm going to go to the car game. <laughs> and that's again, that's come around full, full 360. And now I'm a teacher who loves cars. So it's good. But in relation to being a manager, and I really don't like the word manager anymore. It's leadership is what it is. You're a leader. That's really what it is. It does. You've got, a responsibility, you've got a responsibility to serve your team. And the way I looked at it was making sure that all their mortgages are paid. Because you've got 40 guys under you. It's your responsibility to make sure there's enough work, make sure they're happy, to make sure their mortgages are paid, to make sure that there's future work or there's enough work going forward for them. And yeah, to, to mentor them, to, to inspire them, to make sure that they're not going to bring up sick tomorrow. It's a tough gig. However, it is, it is a tough gig. Effectively, you communicate with them effectively, it's a two way street. But you don't, if you limit yourself to the knowledge that you currently have, and that's it, I'm at this level, and the rest is kind of absorbed by look. Yep. As opposed to utilizing networks like, like you've got and that, that I'm trying to create on, on my own LinkedIn platform to go, do you know what? There's a better way. And hearing your messages every, every now and again, hearing some of the other podcasts out there, again, I, I follow various different podcasts and, and leadership books and, and, and mentors and so forth. But there's a massive opportunity to learn from them. And I go back to that innovation from the other day, the five greatest innovators in, in the last 20 years, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and one more technological, te- technological uh, who else is out there? Uh, anyway, that's four. But you know, you know what's, I, I look at patterns, I love patterns, right? So you're talking about leaders, these are amazing leaders, men, amazing yep. innovators, right? But yep. the one thing I find really consistent with them, I actually will call them fire starters. All right. I actually think their ability to create a fire, right, within their team that surrounds yeah. them. Because look, yeah. you have to understand these people got to where they are because their ability to execute. Yeah. Look, an idea is only as good as how well you can execute it. Okay. We mean you could sit here and we can draw out a better version of Facebook, but it means absolutely nothing if we couldn't execute on it. And the fact yeah. of the matter is we couldn't. 
right? It's like, so, so it all comes down to execution. How, how, why are these guys such really good executors? Because they've created a team, Absolutely. all right, that has a fire that drives them and pushes them when they're not even around. That's, that's the cool thing. When these people, when you talk to the people that work underneath them, that's how I actually determine people that are super successful is you don't necessarily talk to them, the people that are successful. You talk to the people that are underneath them. Yeah. They'll tell you why they're successful. And we look, when I'm talking to service managers, that's why I tell them, I want them to be fire starters. All right. I want them to light that fire in their employee's belly and keep that fire lit. That is their responsibility to do so. Absolutely. And, and you, you, you uh, touched on something which I think is super, super key that we need to talk about and needs to come out for this. We need to spend time in personal development for our, our team. Okay. Agreed. We know what our why is. All right. We know what we do. We know how we do it. And hopefully we'd find the why. But even if we haven't, right, we need to understand our employees' why. Why are they doing this? Why are they showing up every single morning? Yeah. You know, is it because they're trying to provide for their family? Is it because they want to take their kids on that, that Disney vacation? Is it because, you know, it's because they want to buy the ring for that girlfriend or because they want to, you know, pay for that mortgage? Whatever their why is, we need to know that personally. And yeah. here's the kicker about knowledge accountability comes with knowledge, all right? The fact that you're going to know now why this person is doing what they've chosen to do is going to hold you accountable for helping them to get to that place. It's a total mind shift and change, you know? When you know that one of your advisors is trying to move out of the mom's basement, there you go. <laughs> when you know another one of your advisors ultimately wants to be a service manager, what would you do when you do that? When you have an advisor want your job, I personally, I would embrace the shit out of it. I would, I'm like, you, would. like, you want my job? Yes. Here we go. Yes. Let me, let me, let's write that out. Let's define what that's going to look like for you to get to where I am right now. Goals and goal setting are so important. And I, I, again, I ask this to most people, whether I'm interviewing them or have them in a course, So five years from now, where is Jason going to be in five years? Yep. And they go, hmm, I don't know. I've never thought about that before. That's a certain a certain segment of my of my of my students will say that some of them go well I've got a class of 12 people here and 12 of them want to be service managers I'm like awesome I can so work with you guys and then you give, <laughs> you give them the formula you give them the, the ideas you inspire action in them you tell them well this is going to be your next step your next step your next step what are you doing in this area what are you doing in this area and a lot of them want to do it for the money but there needs to be a better why than just the money in my opinion. Well, I, I think it's an okay place to start. I think it's an okay place to start. If they, if they just want to do it for the money, I'm cool with that, right? But I think what happens is over a period of time, they're going to have to decide if this is still about the money or do they find more of their deeper purpose within it, right? Like, I have no no beef whatsoever. Someone wants to come in and say, Jason, I want to make 90 grand this year. Okay, cool. All right, let me show you what that's going to look like, all right? And I'm going to, here's what it's going to, here's what is going to require of you to get to that point, right? Yeah. Here's how I'm going to help you to get to that point, okay? You follow these instructions and, you know, we get there, we get there, right? If you don't, like, look, this is not going to be an easy thing to do. It's going to be a difficult thing to do, right? But it's like taking on the kind of more of that, that personal trainer approach of, yeah, you know, it's like, Absolutely. I'm going to push you, a coach, right? You know what? That's the thing. In our industry, you know, we do a pretty decent job of training on the activities that are required to do someone's, to do a job, right? Like you're a technician or you're a service advisor. We do a pretty decent job of training you on the activities that are required to do your job. But we don't necessarily coach enough on the efforts. Yeah. 
and the improvements and the opportunities and the one percenters to make sure they're hang on you made this mistake today let's build on that and let's make sure it doesn't happen again fix the process build them up and give them an opportunity to improve like you get feedback every day with the nps csi to improve and sometimes we just look at it and go oh damn i got a seven instead of a, a nine or ten yep and you blame the customer no look at it again and go how did I not perform in that particular area to serve that customer to his expectations? It's not about our expectations, it's about theirs. And yeah, just thinking differently, it's uh, something we need to work on. It's, it, it all comes down to goal and objective creation, you know? It's just we don't, like I said, we, we seem to talk a lot about the activities, you know? Um, and we do a somewhat decent job of identifying the efforts. But if we can't if we can't attach those efforts to a golden objective, then the requirement to make a process doesn't exist, right? Like it's like okay, here's where I want to go. Here's the efforts that are required to get me there. Now I have to define a process to ensure that I hit those. I don't know why. It's just like we just open our doors, the bay door goes up, the people come in, and it's like we just, and then we sit there and wonder what the hell happened. <laughs> Again, it goes back to it goes back to the amount of customers at each advisor. Again, we're talking about service advisors mostly here. Yep. You know, the customers that a service advisor sees, somewhere between 10 and 15 is a comfortable number to form that connection, to show empathy, to build rapport. But if you're going 15 to 25, you just haven't got the time or the energy or the mind or the headspace. Well, you got to hack it. Here's what it is. I push people. People give me that excuse all the time. I don't have time. I don't believe that. I never believe that, right? Oh. Is that you're going to have to hack it. Um, you know, if you want to create a relationship, one, I got it here. I'll give you another example, another hack. I got an advisor that literally does exactly what you're talking about. Sees probably close to 20 to almost 30, right? Like it is all day long. Boom, 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 right? Um, I think over a couple of years ago, she started putting packs of Skittles in each of the cars, right? Okay. She'd go to Costco, she'd buy a pack of Skittles, all right, and just start putting Skittles in the cars. No note, no nothing. All right. It was just, that was it. She just, it was, she didn't quite get enough time or quote unquote time to sit there and create a relationship. So she found a hack. All right. Mm -hmm. You know, what's funny is they would start coming back in for their service and they go, Hey, who left the pack of Skittles in my car last time? Oh, that was me. You know, well, that was really nice. My, my son really appreciated that. And then another pack of Skittles and then another pack of Skittles. And then another. I know this already, by the way. Right, so. like, like, and it, it actually got to the point now where then people were coming in and said, "Can I? Can, um, who's the Skittle girl?" Um, and it was just like, and then of course she started to, you know, she worked at it, evolved the process and stuff a little bit more. But it was like her way of just trying to make a connection with someone. So yeah. uh, this girl, by the way, is super passionate about Skittles. Like, 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 like. That's like one of her favorite brands. Like it is like, like she has like, like you will see a box of Skittles sitting on her desk all the time. Okay. She's got shirts that says Skittles. She just, it's just something that she loves. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it, again, earlier on I said, it's not the customer's responsibility. Sorry. It's not yours. Sorry. It's not the customer's responsibility to remember you. It's your responsibility to make sure the customer doesn't forget you. Yeah. And she's a Skittles girl. That's it. She's a Skittles girl. Together. Every time that the, the customer comes in they go, Skittles, I'm going to you. Because it's 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 one percenter that showed that she cared enough that every single time she put Skittles in that car. Well, it's now her nickname. Like it's literally become her nickname. Yes. So you actually walk through the dealership, you hear Skittles. They'll call over the announcement. Um, call for Skittles. Line one. Line one on hold for Skittles. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I mean, ten people on hold for Skittles because there's like ten people. Well, you know what? It was just, it, and of course, she look, she had the personality and everything else so that when she was able to spend time with them, it matched it, you know, but it's, 
I just, I, I, it's just an example. I'm just using this as an example. I'm not telling no, people that are listening to this. Really, really but is. It, it's just an example of someone who was, who was super, super busy. All right. Wasn't going to accept the fact that just because she was busy, she wasn't able to make a connection and, you know, just said, well, there's, what is something that I can share that I really appreciate that I really love that I can share with them that can over time create a connection. Skittles would have never thought of it. There you go. That's a small <laughs> thing, isn't it? <laughs> Small thing, and the customers will definitely remember her for that. Well, it is. Like, I think every advisor out there can do this, right? Every advisor, at some level, there is time. You have to carve time. You have to make the time. You have to develop out the process, right? You know, for for her, she she did it um, during her walk around. So it it was literally think about the amount of time that was required. It's ten extra seconds to make sure that there was a bag of skills in the cup holder. Is it? Yeah, it's a no brainer. Yeah, good opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I just, there has to be something, you know, I remember this other, I'm trying to think of another example. I remember this other advisor uh, that was really pretty talented as far as kind of like cartoon type stuff, you know, just a hobby, never a career, but a hobby. So every single uh, copy of the work order, uh, he'd put a little cartoon character, you know, just saying, thank you. Right. And it kind of became a thing. And just, you know, but he's super fast at it. Like it takes, like, it does not take, like he can, like, he can prick, put this little cartoon character on there and he would change it up, but it, I mean, he could do it in, in less than a minute. Right. And he just did it on all of his work orders, just different character, little cartoon character saying, thank you. And just, it changed. You know, I remember it was a hippo one time then it went to a platypus and then uh, um, it, it, yeah, all kinds of giraffe. I don't know. He just, it was just, just that he could, he can do these things super, super fast. Right. And yeah. again, it was just people got, people were looking for it. They enjoyed it. It was just kind of a That's funny, it. it was a funny thing. And when there's kids involved as well, and the customers, children with them, like the opportunity to connect there and just draw a cartoon very, very quickly for a kid. Like that, you can't put a price on that. And oh, yeah. the, attention, the recommendation, the, the feedback via online or social or Google reviews, whatever it is. Like I remember Jason because he did this for me. Didn't didn't matter what the, what you fixed on the car. It's about how they were treated, about how they make, how you made them feel. And that's what it's about. And the Skittles girl, the the guy who does the cartoons. That's just innovation or hack, as you mentioned yourself. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a massive opportunity to use a skill set or a mindset that you have to make things better and to improve customer relations and retention. Sensation. So we're, we're, we're only ever going to do that if it's a goal and objective for us. If, if we create the goal and objective of creating a relationship and trying to create a connection with our customers, we'll never sit down because what will happen is, is people will listen to this or watch this video. And here's what they'll do is they'll, they'll say, well, that's a good idea. I hate Hopefully. when people say that's a good idea because do you know, do you know what, to, when someone says that, what that actually means, let me translate that out for you real quick. When someone says that's a good idea, um, what they're saying is, uh, I won't do that, uh, but it sounds cool. Uh, so thanks. Um, <laughs> like, I'm going to use that information and park it in this part of my brain and leave it. That's there. yeah. The, the good ideas yeah. sit right back here. They don't actually ever get possibly executed. talk about it again, but not execute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've been there myself. I've been there myself, and it's, it sometimes it just takes a yeah the awareness that you need to actually execute. Otherwise, all these ideas are irrelevant. And yeah, kudos to you for what you do, and you're, you're bringing a message to the to the world now. 20,000 listeners worldwide. It's, it's fantastic. That's fine. And the changes that you're making, the inspiration that you're, you're giving, just those two nuggets in, in the last five minutes are going to inspire action in, in a service advisor somewhere to go, do you know what? I've got a skill set or I've got 
a massive collection of Mentos back home. I'm going to bring them in and, and be, be the Mentos bloke. You know, there's an opportunity there. Just think differently. And, and in regards to service managers and fixed operations managers, after sales managers, look for that opportunity in your staff. It's not always up to you. You've got, you've got, whether you've got five staff or, or 55 staff or 110 staff, like you've got brains, you've got minds there that are very, very clever. It's about harnessing that energy harnessing that knowledge and ability and striving to make it better and striving to get the most from it. Not just using them as tools to process customers, use them as, use them as people to connect with your customers, to retain them, make sure they come back and to make sure that we're constantly improving, not just staying the same, because that's what customers want. Customers yes. want, how many, how many Nokia's, how many Nokia phones you see now? How many Blackberries do you see? You don't see them anymore because our customers want something new. The expectations of our customers five years ago is totally different than our of their, their expectations today. And in five years' time, it's going to be totally different again. Maybe they'll want more Mentos or more Skittles or maybe they <laughs> want a bigger drawing. But, you know, it's about constantly innovating to make, to just move the times and move the generations. And if we don't do that now and are not aware of it or switched on about it, we're going to be left behind. And, yeah, that's, that's probably a message that I deliver to, to most people I, I come across in this industry constantly innovating. That's what we're talking about, right? Like we're talking about pushing it. Okay. Like as an industry, we need to push it. Um, we need to create that goal and objective of wanting to innovate. We got to create that goal and objective of wanting to make a connection with another human being, because yeah. we all know at the end of the day, that's where the ROI is. There's so much ROI in connecting human to human, you know, instead yeah. of transaction to transaction. Kieran, yeah. thank you so much for uh, taking the time to jam with me today. This was a total blast. I'm pretty confident we'll be doing this again soon. Uh, for everybody out there that's listening and watching and would love to connect with you and learn more about what you do, what is the best way to do so? Again, LinkedIn is probably my favorite platform right now. The rest of them are irrelevant to me. But yeah, LinkedIn, again, connecting with people, common minds, common goals, common objectives. And I just love to get people's messages and, and thinking differently. It's a, it's a huge world now. It's not just about five people you're closest to in your area. It's about the five people you're going to be closest to in the world. Like Everyone's available 24-7 now. And... Yeah, via LinkedIn, connect with me, send me a message. Yeah, just love to hear from anyone who is has got the same views and the same drives. And even if you have got the same views, please tell me why and how I can advance as well and, and think differently. So, yeah, just like you, Jason, sensation. It's all about making connections. Karen, thank you so much again for taking the time to jam with me today. This was a lot of fun. It has been. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jason. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, have a great day.